Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. You're listening to Heart Health Radio. Thank you for doing that. Yes. You can go ahead and call us up, 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefald. Yeah, we missed last week. No, I didn't miss last well, week. Well, I missed it. I, this is the highlight <laughs> of my week. July 4th, we took off. I guess we should have warned people, huh? Nah. No, I just want, it was a good show. It was a previously recorded show. The the numbers as far as, you know, updated data on the show were not accurate, yeah. but yeah, we did all right. Yeah, well, talk about numbers. I mean, it is, it is sad. Yes. That the number of cases are skyrocketing in certain states, Florida, Georgia. They're not going up as fast in North Carolina, but they're going up now. The good news, well, if there is good news in this, the death rate has not yet started to rise. The hospitalization rates are high. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they're talking about, like in Texas, they're running out of hospital space. The reason is they opened up the hospitals again for other things. So they don't have enough beds in certain hospitals. Now, th- the worry should not be there because they can transfer patients. Right. And I will say this a lot of hospitals. Like the one in my area is not wanting to transfer patients because they get extra money for COVID. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's tough. I think it's an odd and interesting thing that entire states will then say, okay, no more um, optional surgeries. Right. That seems like a top-down approach and one that gets you into trouble. It's going to be tough because – I've seen in my own practice with the cutbacks in quote unquote elective surgeries, which in many cases are not elective. I mean, they were considering cardiac catheterizations and stents elective. Yeah. And I had a bunch of people who just kept getting sick. Uh, pacemakers and defibrillators were felt to be optional. And now they're getting done. Um, I haven't really seen anybody suffer in that regard, uh, seriously, but, you know, one of the things I think we need to realize is that this country is different from other countries. And that's one of the things that's made us great. But in this case, it's it's hindering our recovery. And I'm going to just say this. We will not recover until we get a definitive treatment to prevent it from causing infections. And um, let's just go over again what the coronavirus is, because I think a lot of people need to hear this. Coronavirus is a mutation of a typical virus that causes the common cold. Mm-hmm. And you've had it, I've had it. Some people were lucky enough to get one that is so similar to COVID-19 that they're immune on that basis. Right. And we know that's the case. Now, the problem is we don't know how many people are like that. The virus doesn't kill you. What the virus does in unfortunate individuals, many of whom are obese, many of whom have high blood pressure that's not controlled, diabetes, but some, you have no risk factors. Now, luckily, that is a very small few, but in those people, it activates your immune system to overdrive, and by that, you produce too many immune-regulating compounds called cytokines, and so we've all heard of the cytokine storm. 
So what happens in these unfortunate individuals is the cytokine storm comes on and it fills up your lungs with fluid because there's too much of an immune response. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen it in influenza. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in something called gram-negative sepsis where you get a urine infection or a type of pneumonia that comes from bacteria similar to those which you find in stool. And it hyperreacts the immune system, and you lose your blood pressure, and your lungs fill up with fluid. That's called the adult respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS. And that's what we're seeing in the individuals who are getting sick. Now, even worse in some of these individuals, they start clotting off everything. They clot off the arteries to their kidneys. They clot off the arteries to their lungs and clot off some of the arteries to the brain and cause strokes and they cause heart attacks. And so... We've not been able to figure out who these individuals are, but they're old, elderly, they have high blood pressure uh, for the most part, they have uncontrolled diabetes, they have heart disease, but there are a small number of healthy young people in whom this catastrophic um, uh, cytokine storm happens. Are we to the point where we know to treat it? Yes. And so one of the reasons why the death rate is falling is because we have now two proven and one, I think, basically proven but unbelieved for political reasons, medications. The first is a simple steroid, Medrol. Now, everybody thinks, wait a minute, don't steroids reduce your immune response? Yes. Because the virus, you don't need a strong immune response to. To, to fight off the virus because the virus doesn't hurt you. What hurts you is an over-strong immune response. So two of the medicines reduce the immune response. Solumedrol, uh, which is like prednisone. Some of you have gotten poison ivy and gotten prednisone. Yeah. Why? It reduces the immune response, all those cytokines. The other one is hydroxychloroquine. Now, everybody's going to start screaming if you're a Democrat. And it's sad because the positive data for hydroxychloroquine is being dismissed and the negative data is being promoted. One of the big negative studies in The Lancet was proven to be a fraud. There was a recent randomized double-blind study where you take, and again, you take a bunch of people in one arm, a bunch of people in the other arm, you randomize them, you give some the drug, you give, don't give others the drug. It didn't work, quote-unquote. But when you look at the data, 15% died without it, without hydroxychloroquine. 10% died getting hydroxychloroquine. But the study wasn't large enough for them to declare that it was significant and the numbers weren't due to chance. Lynn in Clayton joins us right now on Heart Health Radio. Thank you, Lynn, for calling up. What's going on? Hi, doctor. I was wondering if a nuclear stress test can cause AFib, and then if you have AFib from it, if you can ever get off the drug. I yeah, you said a can a stress test stress test. I thought cause AFib cause AFib. A- am I correct? Yeah, a nuclear. Yeah. yeah, this is a really really good question. Um, have you had a stress test, and did you go into AFib? Yes, that's and, what happened to me. Yeah, and what kind of stress test did you have? Um. Uh, uh, the, I don't know the name of it. Okay, were you were you were sitting down to have the stress test? You weren't walking. Yes. Uh, okay. It yeah, was, and they injected the medication. Yeah, Lexascan. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. So they gave you this medicine to simulate exercise, right? And you yes. got real flushed and hot. Yes. And then, boom, your heart started flying. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes it can. Um, I use three types of stress tests. One is called dibutamine. And that's like artificial exercise. It's like a f- fake adrenaline, and it makes your heart race. And a lot of times, that, not a lot of times, rarely, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm misspeaking, but rarely it can cause your heart to start racing in AFib. AFib is when the upper chamber no longer beats in a controlled, regular fashion. This electricity just haywire flying all over the top of your heart, and often your heart races. Now, this LexaScan can do it as well, because what LexaScan does is it slows some of the electrical um, activity so that the normal electrical activity is slowed, and then this nasty AFib, which was hiding and suppressed by your normal electrical activity, comes flying out. Um, yes, you can get off medicines. What did they put you on? Beta blockers? Uh, oh, top block? Put me on um, amlodipine, Eliquis, Metro, Paul. Yeah, metoprolol. Uh huh. And Losartan. And Losartan. So you had high blood pressure. Um, and now the metoprolol really just slows your heart down. Have you gone out of AFib yet? He said no. Okay, so that's, you're still in that's AFib. That's, yeah, that's I bet you that's, feel lousy, don't you? I'm very tired. Yeah. So the reason why is when you don't have that top part of your heart working with the bottom part, you don't get as much heart oomph or output. Now, did they talk to you about either a cardioversion or different medicines to correct it or an ablation? Because it can be corrected. I mean, you can get it back in rhythm with one of those three ways. The most effective is an ablation. Okay, because he mentioned a um, pacemaker. Pacemaker? Wow, so you must be going really slow, huh? That doesn't make sense. Because a pacemaker won't correct the AFib. The only reason why you get a pacemaker is to prevent your heart from going too slow. Oh. Yeah. So um, how many times have you seen your doctor about this AFib? Three times so far, and I have another appointment in six weeks. Yeah. Is your doctor local? Yes. Okay, so we won't mention names, but there are a lot of really, really good uh, doctors that are called electrophysiologists. So they're electricians of the heart. Right. And they're really, really good about getting you back in rhythm because you're feeling bad. Some people don't notice they're in AFib, and a lot of doctors will just leave them in AFib with what we call rate control, where your heart doesn't race anymore. It's in a controlled um, uh, speed. But... If you're an AFib and you're feeling lousy, talk to your doctor about just what can you do to get back in rhythm. And one way is to do what's called a cardioversion, where they put you to sleep and shock your heart so it sort of resets it. It's like the reset button on Mm -hmm. your computer. And then a lot of times, most of the time, your normal rhythm comes back and about 60% of the time it stays. The other way to do it is with medicines. And there are certain medicines. They all have side effects. It all depends on what kind of underlying conditions you have, uh, which one they choose. And then the third, which I use a lot, and I don't do it, but we've had Dr. Netrebko on the um, show, and he does this. He did two of my patients last week, and they're out of fibrillation, and they're feeling better. 
And it, it generally stays. The new techniques, 90, 95%. So my recommendation is if you're feeling bad and you're, you're still in AFib, is ask your doctor, what are the things that I can get, either medicines or a cardioversion or an ablation, that's spelled A-B-L-A-T-I-O-N, and what that is is they put you in the lab and they, they numb you up and they sedate you and they go up from your leg and sometimes your arm into your heart and they find the areas that are causing the abnormal electricity and they zap them and they cause scars and you can't be an AFib anymore. Linda, I'm the non-medical part of the team, but can I offer you a suggestion? Sure. Lynn, when you greet your doctor next time... And the first words out of his or her mouth is, how you feeling? Practice this. I'm feeling lousy. Yep. Right? And look him in the eye. Advocate for yourself and explain that you don't feel even as good as you did before the stress test. And then, if he's sitting there on his laptop, (laughs) not looking you in the eye. No, no, no. Reach over. What's going on? Reach over and close it. I'm serious. <laughs> because half the problem now yeah. is that doctors have to create these 10-page notes in order to get their $95 for your office visit. Yeah. So they're paying attention and treating their computer and not treating you. And I mean this. Lynn, thank Closing. you very much. What a wonderful phone call. We appreciate your input. And call us back in a few weeks. Let me she's, know what's going on. She's got an appointment, and she said six weeks. So, Great. Lynn, we want to hear from you in about seven weeks. Let us know what's going on. Otherwise, Heart Health Radio continues. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. As we did, if we're on a topic and someone comes into the we waiting room. We go to the caller. We go to the caller. Because you're, right. you're, you know, this is what we do. This is Heart Health Radio. It's the Hall of Shame theme. Thank you, Evelyn Champagne King. I never knew where that came from. Yeah. Who Evelyn, it? it's a disco tune from the seventies. Evelyn Inferno. Sh- that's what we should do. What's disco that? And burning Inferno. It's that's the same rhythm. Favorites. Same that's rhythm. One of my favorite. You wanted to t- finish up yeah. about. Well, let me do that real COVID. quick. Uh, I hate to say it, Fauci, but you're on again. Really? I, you know, he's a great guy. I think that he's so into this, be it on TV business, <laughs> that he tries to say things that I, I, if he if he sat around. And talk to his wife, you know, who is not Gislaine, uh, what's her name's uh, wa- uh, sister, by the way. Did you hear that? Maxwell, you know, the guy mixed up with Epstein, the woman mixed up with Epstein? Yeah. There's a thing on Facebook that Fauci was married to her sister. Oh, sure. Yeah. Totally wrong. Totally wrong. Right. Anyway. So Fauci's what did he here say? Why? What did he say? It's a false narrative to take comfort in a lower death rate <laughs> in COVID-19. <laughs> put, put that on the T-shirt. What? Put that on the teacher. Put I, I that on the slogan. Happy. The slogan of your medical group. It's a false narrative to celebrate the fact that fewer people are dying. Now, I think what he's trying to say is we've got to get the total case <laughs> rate down. But if fewer people are dying, that's great. Now, I mean, Tom Brady, I don't, do you watch football? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never liked him. Okay. <laughs> um, and now you got more reason not to like yeah, him. Yeah, his company. TB12. I don't even know what they do. They do. I don't know. They do something to promote Tom Brady. It's a nutritional. Oh, yes. oh yes. He took a million bucks in paycheck protection money. Now, 
Listen, Tom, I got three words for you. <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> there are still people out there who have mom and pop businesses right. or they have small businesses right. who are struggling to get this paycheck protection money. PPP. Tom. Throw a Hail Mary and give it back. Because who, you don't need it. Who else took it? A bunch of people. Um, I, geez, Dr. I, Phil. He did? Dr. Phil took I knew PPP I didn't money. Like, that, like him. Yeah, he's not He's not my favorite. You know, I mean, the only thing that I've liked in Dr. Phil is that cash me outside girl. Remember that? No. Oh, that crazy 12-year-old girl who was just totally uncontrollable, <laughs> threatened to beat up Fauci. And she said, cash me outside, which means go outside and fight me. Yeah. And I, I, now I hate him even more. I don't hate anybody, but <laughs> Dr. Phil. Frank and Smithfield, thank you for holding out. How you doing, Frank? Hey, Frank, how you doing? I'm good, Frank. How, uh, hey. The two Franks. Excuse me. Let me be Frank. Yes. The two of you just <laughs> hey, wait a minute. continue Frank, talking. Not you. <laughs> what you got for me, hey. Frank? Frank, I just want to let all your listeners know how much I fought this AFib, and you know I did. Oh, yeah. You know what, Frank, you're talking to. I sure do, Frank. Say my last name. But uh, anyhow, hey, and this Frank I'm talking to on the radio today, y'all, helped me get to the right people, and I fought it for 15 years. And when uh, UNC came up with the right procedure, uh, they had to do it twice. Yep. Uh, they kept me uh, under the first time for like 10 hours. It's a, it's and, can be tough, yeah. And then uh, we followed the guy I'm talking to, took me to Duke way, way, way back. That's before they come up with the modern medicine they got now, guys. But they have got a way to fix AFib. And I've not had another problem since the second time they went in. And done it. And you remember that, Frank? Oh, yeah. Now, we've talked about AFib a lot today, and we haven't defined it. How am I to feel if I have AFib? Sometimes you don't feel anything. Okay. You will feel like your heart is coming out of your chest. That's the best way to describe it. It's beating hard. It's beating fast. Um, You get short of breath. You get tired. You can even have chest discomfort because it feels so weird. I mean, mine... Well, forget the 200. My normal heart rate was about 50,000 a minute at Frank Boat, and it would get up to close to 200. And wow. you didn't like it. Now, you're, you're, you're still taking flecainide, right? No. no you're not. No, no, you're not on Tamacor anymore. What are they, what is, I'm taking, no, the only thing I'm taking is taking some Frank. Really? Wow. Yeah. Now, Dr. Mouncey was, was your big guy. Now, he left UNC. He went to ECU. Where is he now? Where is he now? Well, he went to East Carolina. Then he went to Arizona to be in charge of their uh, heart institute out there. Uh-huh. And Miles has got a big job. But, uh, but you know, Frank, they, hey, hey, it's a great operation. And people don't understand how much discomfort they're going through. Yeah. I went to the one night at six o'clock, it was it was so bad. And don't you remember you held my throat? Yep. And to keep, I don't know what you did. I hold my throat like that. I was pressing on your carotid artery. 
because there's a negative nerve effect to slow the heart down. Plus, I mean, I was mad at you, so I was trying to choke you. You know? <laughs> well, I know you were trying to choke the hell out of me. Apparently, AFib yeah. is a lot like hiccups. Yes, you you but, but, can uh, shock him into. Yeah, yeah. Frank, I appreciate you calling. To, hey, this guy I'm talking to is absolutely the best. And this these people in Chapel Hill was telling me said, "Hey, this man's crazy, but he's smart, smart <laughs> as hell." <laughs> He's crazy, but he's smart. Yeah, We're you know putting what? that there's, on the there's website. There's a close connection between <laughs> crazy and genius. And I walk, there's a fine line, I walk the line. Well, well, hey, and my man that you're talking to, I just, I've been listening to him. I said, well, I'm going to just call in and talk to him. Appreciate it. Because I ain't seen him lately. Frank, thank you very much for the phone call. It's an excellent phone call. Thanks for the, the glowing endorsement of the doctor. Dr. Franklin Weefold, we will continue. We're going to talk about some distressing medical news from um, from near China. Yep. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Where the telephone number is 919-860-9783. Call right now. We'll get you on the radio in just a very short amount of time. We... We paused our COVID conversation yes. for just a moment. We were about to talk about treatments and why, even though the numbers are coming up, we're actually yeah, we're, we're treating it deaths. better. Uh, the deaths are going down. We talked about steroids uh, to reduce the cytokine storm. Yeah, they work, and Medrol is good, but it's not complete. There is a new way of doing it, and that's using some of the rheumatology medicines. They're they're for psoriasis for rheumatoid arthritis, and what do they do? They're injectable antibodies that sop up the cytokines and prevent the cytokines from being made. They're using those, and looks like they're very promising. So I guess, and, and the thing that really excites me is that they've come up with a dialysis filter. You know, so dialysis, they take your blood out of your mm-hmm. artery, and they wash it. They get rid of all the poisons, and then they put it back in. Well, some really smart guy said, wait a minute. There are filters that will trap things, and he's got a filter that traps the cytokines. Yeah. So they're working on that now, too. So what I want to tell everybody is don't go to bars. That's where it's spreading. Don't Mm -hmm. go to flea markets. Yeah. Um, That's where it's spreading. And then, you know, here's the sad thing is I I, – and we'll talk about this in the shout-out – but – family had a, a Father's Day get-together. They've got a, a brother who goes to bars, mm-hmm. and he's asymptomatic, a, an asymptomatic super spreader, and they all got it. Yeah. So here's the answer. Use your masks when you're in close quarters, um, six-foot distancing. George in Apex, thank you very much for calling us here on Heart Health Radio. Hi, hey. George. Good morning. Good afternoon to you, too. Oh, well, I What can I do for you? Several years ago, I went to my doctor because I kept having a uh, pain in my neck. And he called me one afternoon, about two or three weeks later, and said, you know, like you're trying to have a heart attack. Ah, interesting. So he sent me to a cardiologist, and we did a, uh, he ran a wire through me, and they found a 25% blockage in my heart. And he said, "This is it'll be okay with this." I said, "Man, I haven't got time to play this game. Put a uh, stint in it. I got stuff to do." 
and he did. Uh, they keep popping something that wanted me to take fish oil, which I'm not going to do, and two or three other things that I'm not really happy about, but I do because he says to. But he keeps looking at my ankles, wondering what's going on. What is he looking for? In your ankles? Yep. Now, he, it, correct me if I'm wrong. He said there was a 25% blockage? Yep. So it wasn't bad. So you didn't have to have a stent or bypass surgery or anything? Well, I didn't have time to play the heart that game. Right. And how strong is your heart? Has he talked about that? How Does your heart pump okay? I mean, is it a weak muscle? I, I guess. I'm just old and let, old tired, yeah. I guess. That's everything else. So he looks down at your ankles and you go, what is he doing that for? And what he's doing, yeah, he's looking for swelling. And so, yeah. There's no, there's no discoloration like I see in other people my age. But Right. So he's looking for a couple things. Number one, he's looking for swelling. That can mean you have a weak heart. It can also mean you have weak veins. But not everybody with ankle swelling has a bad heart. The second thing is the coloration. So, if you have a nice color in your ankles and in your toes, that means you're less likely to have a cholesterol blockage in the artery or blood vessel that feeds blood to your feet. And so, that's what he's doing. Um, and I do that all the time on all my patients. I mm-hmm. look down, pull down their socks. A lot of times, if they have a history of a blockage in the blood vessel to the legs, I'll have them take their shoes and socks off. Um, I probably should do that on everybody, but... Nah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, that's what he's doing. The ankle <laughs> check. Okay. I'm 77 years old work about 12, 14 hour day, six days a week. But, but good for I you. He reads me doing all this stuff. So. Well, you know, you know, that's why you're 77 years old. Get off the couch and be like George in Apex. Absolutely. George, uh, uh, is there a specific question you want to ask Dr. Weefall before we let you go? I asked him. I asked what it was up to. Now, he answered the question. I've got enough sense to realize what he's talking about. I bet you have gorgeous. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You All right. Thank you, George. George and Apex, thank you. 919-860-9783 is our number. Did we exhaust the the coronavirus? Uh, Yeah, the coronavirus is exhausting. But (laughs) listen, we will beat this. And I think the way we're going to beat it is to give ourselves the antibodies. Now, what's a vaccine? It's a type of protein the virus has. You inject it. Your own body creates antibodies, and they bind to the virus and kill it. Well, we can create our own antibodies in the lab. They're called monoclonal antibodies. So we skip the step of getting injected. Okay. It's, what do we they're do? They're pre-made. You just give them to yourself. I take a medicine that's an antibody, and what mm-hmm. this antibody does is it blocks the production and destruction of the cholesterol mechanism and I my cholesterol is real low and my blockages have melted away well they can make an antibody to the COVID several types of antibodies they can manufacture them grow them up into billions and billions of antibodies yeah and then you inject it in yourself and so you skipped the step where your body has to make the antibodies it's it's in a syringe you inject it suddenly you have the antibodies in your system but you don't have the disease well, that, that's the whole point. It, yeah. It's just an antibody. It's a protein, and it binds to the virus, and then it allows your immune system to kill it off right away. Okay. That's, that's what the vaccine's for, the flu vaccine. Right. They give you a uh, almost dead flu that doesn't infect you. Mm-hmm. Your body creates antibodies to it over the course of two weeks. Those antibodies are in your system. 
when the flu hits you again, you kill it. Yeah. Well, we and they're developing these things. Monoclonal antibodies preform, skipping the the step of getting you injected. You put it in your body, and boom. Yeah. You've got them. Now the problem is the FDA wants to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it works. Yeah, we don't have time for that. Well, we've proven that it's safe. Yeah, if it's safe, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. By the way, there's a local company that does studies, and I'm actually on the list because I did a study with them once. It's a local company that that is right now running tests on a vaccine for COVID. I used to know their name, but they've changed. Do you remember their name? Uh, yeah, PMG. Oh, okay. PMG, but they, it's not the only company around here. There right. are dozens. A, well, from Duke and yeah. UNC, spun off tons of these clinical trials companies, right. and they're great. Okay, I've got a file of paper that I hand you every week. This was there are three stories right. that are just I just labeled them twenty twenty. Okay, because you know these are the most twenty twenty pages we have. Uh, which one do you want to talk about? Well, first? I think that the thing that's scaring me. And I guess it's Kazakhstan. You know what that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, one of those stam things that used to be part of the Soviet Union. Borders Russia and China. China. And right. China now is saying there is another SARS uh, virus. They don't know what it is. Yeah. That's killing people in Kazakhstan. And it's not COVID-19. Right. So keep your ears open for this and your eyes open for this because it's potentially the sign of the times. That we're going to go through this and go through this and go through this. And it's kind of scary. Um, the second thing is yeah. in China is there's a H1N1 flu running through the pigs in China. Yeah. And if it spreads here, we may have a massive flu infestation uh, pandemic on top of the COVID. So keep your eyes and ears open. But whatever you do. Block the anti-vaxxers from your mind and get the vaccines. Mm-hmm. If a COVID vaccine comes out, get it. Mm-hmm. And enough people get it, even those tiny anti-vaxxers who won't get it will still have what's called herd immunity. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah. Now, the third thing. Yeah. Bubonic plague is yeah. coming back. Yeah. There's cases in Inner Mongolia. Inner Mongolia. And so... I mean, you're going to read this, and you're going to think we're all going to die. They'll control bubonic plague. And the reason is it's not like the virus. Remdesivir is an antiviral. It's like an antibiotic. But what we know as antibiotics, they only kill bacteria. Mm -hmm. Well, bubonic plague is a bacteria. So if you see this bubonic plague coming back, we're not talking about millions dead in Europe anymore. There are vaccines my first reaction was of course to make a joke you know i heard all of these things are way over there in asia right so there's no way they're coming over here anyway that's right we're safe that's right okay well we're safe from the bionic plague Uh, that's what i wanted to bring up we may not be safe from this thing in kazakhstan oh no no. but we're safe from the bionic plague now you know we're going to get a heat wave Yes. It's coming. 120 degrees in Arizona, they're predicting. Wow. You know what 120 is? I mean, I die at 90. Of course, it's dry heat. (laughs) You ever heard that? (laughs) Oh, 120 is not bad. 95. But what they're also saying is the heat index. That's a combination of the temperature and the humidity. Yeah. And they're saying in Georgia, it's going to be 110. 
Wow. So, and it's going to last two weeks. So this other article that I'm going to talk about coincides with that. You're going to want to swim in a lake, right? Yeah. Oh, I got to get yeah. some relief. Jump in the water. There's amoeba in the brain. We've talked about this before. Amoebas are large. Oh, well, they're microscopic, but bigger than a bacteria. And they swim around, and they move around, and they like tepid water, lake water. Yeah. And it gets at your nose, and people don't realize there is a direct connection from the nose to the brain, and those are those are called veins, and those veins can carry blood back from the brain, but sometimes it goes into the brain, and then what happens? These amoebas swim into your brain, and they kill you. So if you're going to swim in a lake, mm-hmm. don't get water up your nose. Now, it's very rare. You may not, you're probably not going to get it, 99.9% chance, but there's really little treatment yeah. if you get amoebas up your nose. Now, the other thing, if you're going to swim in a pool, please make yeah. sure that pool is properly maintained. Right. When I had a pool, I did it myself. All the measures, amount of chlorine, right. the number of bacteria, everything was perfect. Of course, okay. I'm a perfectionist when it came to the pool. But if you're going to go to your neighbor's pool, and you yeah. see kids running around and they're pooping in the pool. Don't get in. Good okay. advice. Good advice you're not getting on any other radio show <laughs> this weekend. This is Heart Health Radio. We've got shout-outs coming up to Amber and Bruce and um, Frank and, and a bunch of other people uh, who are who are just doing good things. And I really appreciate that. We're oh, also going to talk things. maybe about sugar intake. Yeah. Because... My I gotta, favorite bugaboo. I got to cut down on that. 919-860-9783. Of course, if you call, we'll probably put a, everything else on the shelf. That's yeah. up to you. The, the caller comes first. 919-860-9783 at Heart Health Radio. We thought we'd shake the music up uh, for this week. I love this song. You do like that song? All right. This is uh, uh, our shout-out segment. What's the... uh, Well, I got uh, to tell you, um, everybody who prays out there, I want you to pray for Amber and Bruce Lamberton. Yes. Um, They're they're good, good people, uh, friends of mine. Amber works for me. They got COVID. Oh, no. Now, Amber is getting better, I think. She's been sick for about a week. She hasn't had to go to the hospital yet. Um, she's having trouble breathing, so she has the pneumonia part of it. But this is an example. Her husband was doing great and woke up, couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Now, he's on a ventilator. Um, looks like maybe he's getting a little better. He still has a fever. Um, but listen, if you believe in prayer like I do, everybody out there, they're good people. Let's pray that they get better. Yeah. Now, the other one <laughs> I want to shout out is the caller. And let me. T- this is why I practice in Smithfield. Okay, Frank Lee is probably the smartest guy I know. <laughs> and so, what happens is you hear someone with the dialect that Frank has, and you assume the wrong thing. Frank started out with nothing except a good upbringing by Cleon and his his mom, who was yeah. also my patient. Yeah. He runs a very complicated business. He runs a tobacco warehouse. He's got 500 farmers who grow for him. He he knows exactly how to grade the tobacco. He knows the finances behind it. So this is something I want you Raleighites and you Carryites to know. Yeah. 
that someone like Frank Lee will surprise you, the smartest man I know, because he runs a business that is so complicated, and he just gets it right, and he's a great human being. You want to shout out the uh, Parkway Sleep Center. Yeah. You know, they had the commercial, and I was listening to that, and one of the things they say is a sleep apnea will raise your risk of heart failure and other heart disease. Absolutely right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm so glad that they exist. I'm glad they're advertising on our show, I mm-hmm. think, you know, because you should call them up. Yeah, talk to their president, Brandon. And Brandon, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce your last yeah. name, but I'm going to tell you that this is a, uh, and, and this a good is, organization. This is spontaneous. Yeah. Because I just and they're not they're not paying for the show at all. They're not paying you anything. Anything. Right. I just want you to know they're right. Listen to them. Sleep apnea is bad, and Parkway is good. Shorty is good. Hi, Shorty. Hey there. Hey, How Short. you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you sound you? good. What's up? Uh, don't mess with my chocolate. Don't mess with what? My chocolate. Your chocolate. chocolate? <laughs> All right. I heard you talking about sweets. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Shorty. Chocolate can be good for you uh-huh. in small amounts. Okay. Now don't do what I do. Somebody brought. Somebody knows I have sweet tooth. Yeah. Okay. So don't do what I do. Do what I say. Sugar is probably the worst thing for you. But if you eat a little bit every now and then, you'll be fine. That the works. problem is what I did the other day. I got those mini almond joys. Yeah. Okay, so it's chocolate with a pecan, no, an almond, duh, almond joy, yeah. and then coconut. Yeah. I ate the whole bag. Yes, you did. That's wrong. Just terrible. How many did you eat? Uh, there are probably 20 in there over the course of eight hours. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I just grabbed one and ate it and went to see another patient. Grabbed one and ate it, ate just went to see another patient. But chocolate... For women especially, and I'm not being sexist, don't call up and boycott the station, but there's a lot of studies that show women love their chocolate, and it does good things to your body. But I would just say this. You have a little piece of chocolate once a day. That's probably 20 grams of sugar, right. 20 grams of, you know, well, maybe even 10. Yeah. And you can do that because I love chocolate. I love it. It's only when you do what I do. Which is overdose on it. You people with a working pancreas just bother me. Oh, boy. As a, no. as a diabetic, I cannot eat even one-third of what you did with the chocolate. Uh, yeah, you better not. I better not. Well, but see, now your insulin is working better now that you're on this GLP-1 shot. Yes. So I'll bet you we can do an experiment. All right? Yeah. Start of the show, we're going to check your sugar. Yeah. I'm going to give you one almond joy. At okay. the end of the show, we're going to check your sugar, and I'll bet you it doesn't go up nearly as much as you it used to. So we get the sugar test, and we get the. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bring in the sphygmomanometer. Yeah. The uh, blood pressure. Yeah. Cuff. After you start listening to me, your pressure shoots up. And then halfway through the show, I'll give a urine sample. No. 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 Not in the studio. Okay. Well, right. I'm used to it. Shorty, thank you. Love you, Shorty. I have one more. One oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. Uh, Tell, tell Amber that I'm praying for her. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you're going to Well, I mean, everybody, everybody needs to know. Tell her I love her. Okay. Right. And they're in their 40s, and they have a couple risk factors. But this was a situation of a um, uh, Father's Day get-together. Yeah. Yeah. And so the lessons are stay away. 
mm-hmm. from M&M's, millennials, and the uh, Mexicans who aren't following the uh, guidelines, 70% of the new cases are Hispanic, and I think they're going to start doing it better. Yeah. And um, flea markets are tough because yeah. they're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. And if you've ever been to a flea market, it's one of the favorite things for Mexicans. Sure. Oh, sure. And other Hispanic. Well, so, it, uh, you, I mean, money is money. And, yeah. you, you know, a cash sale on something that you save money on is good oh gosh, yeah. when you're at that end of the economy. Yep. Yeah. Shorty, thank you very much. Appreciate you calling. This is Heart Health Radio. Um, sugar intake, there was a, a study yeah. that linked it to... What, heart disease? Uh, well, it's it's definitely linked to heart disease. It's definitely linked to depression. But one of the things that I want to talk about... Yeah, it's linked to fat. Well, yeah, but the second thing is that, you know, sugar and, and teeth, tooth decay yeah. is a big thing. Well, guess what? I've always talked on this show about white flour being equivalent to sugar. Right. Okay, why? Because white flour is just sugar linked together. Mm-hmm. So guess what they just discovered? Duh. My daughter always says, duh. What? That if you eat a lot of white flour products, you get tooth decay. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So we got to get Macon back on the show mm-hmm. so he can emphasize gum disease, tooth decay is helped by what kind of diet? The no-no the diet. The no-no diet. Yes. Because you're going to stay away from white flour. You're going to stay away from the inside of white potato. You're going to stay away from sugar. Mm-hmm. And you stay away from white rice. Why? Because mm-hmm. those are all broken down into simple sugars. Remember, one slice of Wonder Bread yes. is equivalent to five teaspoons full of sugar. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I have always said, well, since I've been responsive to my sugar levels, that... My body really doesn't understand much of a difference between a piece of cake and a piece of bread. Right. That that it's going to convert it into that sugar. Same thing. And bread is so good. Oh, and it's so cheap. Ugh. You know, the frustrating thing for me is that the food that is good for me uh-huh. tends to be more expensive. It's very expensive. I can go ahead and buy whatever bread products I yeah. want. At very cheap prices per volume. Right. Right? All those vegetables. Greens greens and meat are what you should eat. Okay. That's a good way to think about it. I put in tomatoes this year. I'm getting a bumper crop. I mean, we're... Are you kidding? Oh, we're... Will you bring me some? I will bring you some. You know what? Last week, I had lasagna. Yeah. The next night, I had spaghetti. Yeah. The next night, I had ravioli. Yeah. So, I'm telling you, I did everything wrong because the pasta... Is made out of white flour. They do make whole grain pasta. It's real chewy. Uh-huh. Whole grain bread. If, if people say, well, "What do I? What do I eat if I can't have Wonder Bread?" Yeah. Whole grain bread. You got to get used to the little pieces in there. What do they I, don't, I don't care about the little pieces. I'm telling you that it tastes like nothing. Uh, it, it has a texture. Like, yeah, gross. I know. <laughs> but hey, toast it. Yeah. Okay. And put butter on it. All right. And then you might stand it. And fat didn't make me fat. Fat doesn't make you fat. It's How about that? white flour, sugar, white flour. inside of white potatoes, and white rice. Well, that's it. This has been Heart Health Radio. See you noon next Saturday on this station. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.